I love to smile. I love to be alive. I love to see what the Lord is doing. And today, I'm not sure what he's doing. But I want to find out, and I want you and I to find out. I'm going to tell you that I woke up this morning, slept well last night, thank you, Lord. And when I woke up, my mind was just full, and it was saying, Don, you've got to pay attention to something else. Now, I want you to know that I am submitted to the Lord as far as what I preach to you. And I spend time during the week praying, thinking, studying. And I have, even though this last week, I, Nick and I rested a bit. And I didn't have any counseling appointments this week. But still, I had focus on coming here today and sharing whatever the Lord wanted me to say. And uh, last night, I sat at our little kitchen table in our townhouse and I looked over the sermon that I had prepared and I thought that's powerful and I woke up this morning saying and the Lord was saying Don you got to do something a little different and I said what <laughs> and sometimes I don't understand that and that's okay because I'm not supposed to understand it. I'm supposed to obey. And you and I are supposed to obey. And so actually you're going to get half of what I had prepared over the week. And you're going to get another half that the Lord has given me in the last hour or two. And I'm excited about that. Sometimes... What he gives on the spur of the moment is much better than what, what I've had. So I want you to pray for his guidance in your life and in mine. I want you to pray for his guidance in this good church. I love this place. I have loved it for many, 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 many years because of our history here in the past. And I love it right now. And I know the Lord loves it. And I know that I and you and all of us together need to be energized for the calling that God has put on us as Christian men and women. And so my, my desire today and every day is to amplify that fact. And so we're going to come to his word we're going to look at his teachings right there toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We've been there for many weeks, and I am thrilled about that. I have learned a lot. The Lord has shown me a lot. And now he's coming to the conclusion there in chapter 7, and it's interesting because he is appealing and encouraging and admonishing you and me to be a part of his kingdom. <laughs> and he's been teaching us, but now it's almost like he's saying, you got to be here. 
you got to be about what is all this Sermon on the Mount has been saying. And so today, we're going to talk about choosing life. Because that's what Jesus talks about. And we're going to talk about how to get to life. And that last part that I have received from the Lord in the last hour or two, we're going to talk about how to share with other people how to get to life. And I'm really, really deeply concerned about all of that. So let's pray for a moment and submit ourselves to our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we're here because of your love. We want to amplify that. We want to celebrate that. We want to worship you with that. We want to declare that we are very thankful that you have loved us and that that love brings us into your kingdom and makes us the men and women, the servants, the children, the family that you want us to be. And so our prayer today as we share, as we worship, as we think about your words, our prayer, our desire, the yearning of our heart is to hear from you and to see your purposes and then to live daily according to what you say. Lord, thank you for bringing us to this place. Thank you for putting us here. Thank you for putting this church here. Thank you for the history and the fellowship and the power. And we pray for your power through the Holy Spirit to be real and active in us and all of what we do. And we commit this time to you. And we pray in your beautiful and wonderful name. Amen. So, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is now going to talk about two gates. The broad gate and the narrow gate. And you know about this. You've read this passage. But I want us to think deeply about what he is saying because it is saying at the outset, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those that enter it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Now, Let's talk about these two gates and these two ways and these two destinations because the two gates, one is wide and one is small. Please picture a gate. The gate is an entrance into the kingdom or an entrance into something else other than the kingdom. And there are two ways that are described in this passage of Scripture. One way is very broad, very open, not much traffic, 
takes a lot of people moving down that way. Very broad. But the other way is very narrow. It's hard to find. And there are two destinations. One is destruction. The broad way, the easy way leads to destruction. Now please remember, this is what Jesus Christ is saying. Not what Pastor Don is saying. Because the broad way leads to destruction, and that's what he's saying. And the narrow way leads to life. Remember, we're talking today about choosing life. And then there are two groups of people on this journey. One, there are many in this group. And they're going through the broad gate. They're going through the easy gate. And then there are few people. Now, I hope that you and I are part of the few. But we understand that this narrow gate is hard to find. It's not easy. Remember, we are natural people and we're spiritual people. We're dual nature. We always will be until we die or until the Lord comes back. I've said that to you many times because that is a fact. And it is absolutely important for you and I to understand that we have inside of us a tendency to be natural. And that takes us toward the broad gate. Because the broad gate, we just sort of slide into it. Now I emphasize that word. We just kind of slide into it. It just sort of is there. We don't even hardly have to work at it to be natural because that's a part of our sinfulness. And so here in this broad gate, we slide into it. So what does Jesus say here at the very outset? Very important. Because his first statement about these gates, the first statement in this teaching that, he's, that I'm holding before you that he's given us, he says, enter by the narrow gate. Very declarative statement. Very emphatic statement. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say you ought to think about it. He didn't say we'll see. He didn't say try to enter. He said enter. By the narrow gate. But now, please realize that the narrow gate, as I said a moment ago, is hard to find. And here's that thing that I've said many times. It does take sacrifice, surrender, and submission. Those are those three words that I've held before you many times because I know that in our natural state, we don't like those words. <laughs> We don't like those attitudes. Now, in our spiritual state, I trust that we celebrate those words, that we, in fact, choose to sacrifice and to surrender and to submit. And so we know from the very outset of this teaching that Jesus has given us that his priority is that we're to enter this narrow gate. He says that before any other description about these gates of which we're referring today. 
So we know that he wants us to enter the narrow gate. But, again, you and I find it sometimes appealing, uh, attractive, fun, satisfying to go through the broad gate. Now, I want you to be honest. I'm going to seek to be honest, but that's a part of our struggle. We find it appealing, and in fact, sometimes it's more appealing than the narrow gate. In fact, the two powers in this world is Almighty God and Satan. And God is in charge of the narrow gate, and Satan is in charge of the broad gate. And Satan, and the Bible tells us this, he is appealing. His ways are appealing. We want to move that way in our selfishness and in our sinfulness. So it's easy to move toward the broad gate. You have to work at it. Listen very carefully. I'm listening very carefully. You have to work at it in order to go through the narrow gate. Because sacrifice, surrender, and submission does not come naturally. It is a statement of belief, of conviction, of prayers, of your will to be matched with the will of Almighty God. And then because of that, he will help us. He will lead us. He will empower us to go through the narrow gate. But it, it's not easy. Now the fact is, is that this teaching that Jesus has given us indicates that you and I have a choice. Now I want you to think about that for a moment because to have a choice is both a blessing and a curse. How many times have you said to yourself, well, why didn't God just make all of us be right? Why don't God just say that this is the way it is and you can't go any other direction? Why don't God just give us the, the, the narrow gate and leave out the broad gate? <laughs> why can't he just make this world decent? Right? Don't you think that sometimes? Yeah. Well, I do too. <laughs> because, and Scott shared it in the scripture and prayer this morning, very realistically, that sometimes we agonize. And that's a powerful word. And we should agonize over the horror that's in this world and even the horror that is within ourselves. We agonize over that. And so we say, God, just make it right, please. <laughs> and I struggle with the fact that I know, I know the joy and the peace and the freedom that comes from Almighty God. But I see me and us and everybody leaning the other direction. And I just want to say, God, just make us right. Well, he gave us the freedom of choice. You, as man or woman, you have the right to choose. Now, that 
in many ways just boggles my mind. Because are you aware that you can say no to Almighty God? He is sovereign. He's in charge. Yes, he's all-powerful. I believe all of that. But I also know that I and you and many, many people, maybe much, much more, I don't want to judge, but much more than maybe we do, but we all fall into this category of saying, no, God, I'm not going to do that. No, God, I'm not going to go to the narrow gate. This broad gate over here looks a lot easier. I want to be comfortable. I want to, be, I want to have a convenient lifestyle. I don't want to have to sacrifice and surrender and submit. Yeah? Now, you don't need to nod your head, and you certainly don't need to hold your hand up, but that's a part of our life. And that's part of why Jesus is saying, please come into my kingdom by choice. And so, yes, you have a choice. And the fact is, is that he's given us this narrow gate and he has said in this passage that this narrow gate leads to life. I want life. <laughs> I want a life of peace and freedom and forgiveness and joy and all the happiness, all the good relationships, all the good family, all the good church, all the, all the good, all the good, all the good. Well, that requires the narrow life. That's what Jesus is saying right there. That requires me and you to make a choice to go through that gate. And he also says this terrible thing that that other choice leads to another kingdom. We're talking about going into God's kingdom where there is life. But that broad gate leads to another kingdom and I'm going to call it the self-kingdom. Now, you might have expected me to say, well, that's called Satan's kingdom. Well, I'm sorry, but we're talking about your choice and my choice. We're not going to say, well, oh my goodness, the devil made me do it. <laughs> you know, that saying's been around for a long time. Well, the devil made me do it. Well, yeah, he is powerful and he's really good at what he does. All right, maybe we'd say he's just really perfected the bad at what he does. So Satan is very powerful. But I'm the one. You're the one. We're the ones that make the choice. And we make choices like this every day as to what gate we're going to go through. So part of what I'm saying to you today, part of what the Lord is saying to you, is that this choice is the gateway to God's kingdom if we choose the narrow gate. Now, I want to talk more about the gate. Now, this is part of what just caved in on my spirit in my head today. And to be honest, it came from a, a, a sign, a, a billboard, that I saw on the side of the road going down Interstate 95. Because just Friday, I took my dear wife down to meet her sister, spend three or four days with her sister, and bring back a nice, newer car for Mickey that her sister and niece is giving her, for which we're very thankful. 
But I took Mickey. We had a great trip down. Met her sister. All good. They headed on down to toward Conway, South Carolina. I turned around, headed back to Franklin and Virginia Beach. We're driving back up the road. I saw this billboard. And just a big, huge billboard. And it said, Who is Jesus Christ and what is Jesus Christ? Now, I love to drive. It doesn't bother me. I don't listen to the radio or CDs when I drive. I think and I plan and I pray and I do all sorts of things. So the rest of my trip back up to this part of our world, I'm thinking about who is Jesus Christ and what is Jesus Christ. And I believe that the Lord used that even this morning to help me to say to you that what I want to tell you is based on these gates that we've just talked about that Jesus is teaching us. Who is Jesus Christ and what is Jesus Christ? He is the gate. Now, I want you to think about the relationship. I don't want you to think, now I love church, I love this church, I've said it, I will show it, I will live it, but I don't want you to think about church. I don't want you to think about the the programs of church. I don't want you to think about the things we struggle with in church. I want you to think about the relationship that you have with the gate. And that gate is Jesus Christ himself. His presence, his saving knowledge, his spirit within us, the fact that we live every day because we have Jesus Christ in our life. And he is the gate and he said it because in the 10th chapter of John. This is what he said in verse 7 and following. It says, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus Christ is saying, I am the gate, and whoever enters through him will be saved. Now, that is language that we use. We talk about being saved. Sometimes our non-Christian friends don't know what that means, and sometimes I'm not sure we know what that means. But it is a powerful statement that we are saved from the broad gate. We're saved from being the natural sinful people. We're saved, not that we're perfect, but we're saved from all the deceit and the schemes of Satan if, 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 if we walk through the gate, then we are saved. Now, part of what I'm saying to you today has come over the last several weeks. And I have got to say this to you. Otherwise, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I am concerned about the outreach of King's Grand Baptist Church. No, let me say it even a little more direct. I'm concerned about the lack of outreach for King's Grand Baptist Church. It's called evangelism. Now, I'm going to stand 
responsible and maybe more responsible than anybody else in the room. But we're not doing evangelism. Do you realize I've been with you for over a year now? About six months as your guest preacher most of the time. And then about six months as the transitional pastor that I'm pleased to have that position right now. And in the past year, we have had five people join the church. Four of them are connected to staff positions. Two of them are Justin and Annabelle. And two of them are Don and Mickey. We are members of the church for which I'm thankful. We've had one other person in a year that has come to say, I want to be a part of King's Grand Baptist Church. Now, we've not had anybody that I know of that has come from their broad gate into the narrow gate and said, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my life. Now, I'm going to tell you, I said that I was going to stand initially responsible. I don't know any lost people. And I hate that. <laughs> that's, that's on me. Occasionally, I pray to know lost people. Occasionally. That's a terrible term. But I don't know any. I spend all of my time with a wonderful family. All are Christians. All of my grandkids are Christians. Thank the Lord. My wife, me, our daughters, our sons-in-laws. I sit in my counseling office several hours a week. And most, I would say 95, 97% of the people that come to see me are believers. They're just struggling believers. I don't know any lost people. And I'm ashamed of that. And I'm going to ask you, do you know any lost people? Do you have neighbors that are lost? Do you share with them that they need to go through the narrow gate? <laughs> or do you just look at them and some of their questionable behavior and say, well, I really wish they weren't my neighbors. I really wish they didn't do all that stuff. I know. Now, this is tough, but this is what I woke up this morning realizing that I had to say. Because we need to be evangelistic. We need to be sharing the truth. I love the Lord. I love the Lord's people. I love the narrow gate. <laughs> and I hesitate a little bit there because sometimes it's not to be loved a lot, but it's the way. And it is what Jesus says. And in that I love people, I need, I should, I want to, and I'm confessing to you that I don't evangelize like I should. You'll have to, to answer to the Lord for that. I am confessing before this wonderful group of people. But we need to be evangelistic. That means we need to go to lost people. Now, I love taking care of you. I love counseling. I love leading the church. 
I love smiling at you. I love greeting you this morning. I've already had a wonderful time this morning laughing and greeting people and shaking hands. And yeah. And so I love taking care of Christian people. Counseling and encouraging you and building you up. And that's important, yes. But I don't go intentionally and reach out to people. Acts 1.8, it says you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all over the world. Right? Acts 1.8. So this is what we're talking about and this is what the narrow gate leads us to. Because when we're witnesses, then we lead people to life. We share with them the life, the gate that is Jesus Christ. We help them to see that there's to be a relationship. Yes, there's to be a church. Yes, there's to be a fellowship of believers. Yes, we're to be involved in Bible study and discipleship and fellowship and worship and music and all the things that we love but yes, we're to be evangelistic. Five people. Now, if I'm wrong, if you know of people that have accepted Christ and come into King's Grant Baptist Church in the last year, please tell me about it because I am hurt to even say what I'm saying right now. Now, we must pray about this. I'm not telling you to just go out this afternoon and grab somebody by the collar and say, you're going to hell and I'm going to tell you how not to get there. No. We must pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's leadership. We must relate. I totally believe in loving people and then sharing with them the love of Jesus Christ. That's called relational evangelism. But we must be intentional about it. That's meaning I've got to pray, I've got to follow the Lord, I've got to see what he's telling me to do, and then I've got to go and be active on that. That's part of being intentional. That's part of being evangelistic. Now, I'm going to ask you specifically right now, please think about people you know that are lost. Do you have neighbors that you don't even know? I have neighbors that I don't know. And I'm sorry I have to confess that, but I do. We've got an outreach picnic coming up next Saturday. Yesterday in my visits, I visited two wonderful families from our church. I love doing that. And I'm sitting with a fine couple. He's a deacon. And he said that last week at the uh, farmer's market that he had a great time, and I love the way he put it, he said he had a great time going around to all the people at Farmer's Market and to all the vendors telling them about the, the community picnic that's coming up this next Saturday and telling them that he wanted them very much to come and meet some of the fine people who are part of King's Grant Baptist Church. Now, he was being intentional about that. He was joyful about that. 
He was reaching out about that. Now, how many people have I invited? How many people have you invited? How many people have I witnessed to in the last year? How many people have you witnessed to? You're to be witnesses. I'm to be a witness to the wonderful fact of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm begging you to pray, to think about this. It is a burden on my heart. And I'm committing to you that I will do exactly what I'm asking you to do. Because we are to choose life and we are to share how to choose life with people that don't know anything about the wonderful love of Jesus Christ. And he said in John 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now he said, so what is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He is the gate. He is the life. He is the way to go on through the narrow gate and for you and I to choose life and then for us to turn around and share that life with our neighbors. And thank you for letting me say all this. Please pray for me. I pray for you and I pray for this church to be a shining light and witness for the life that is Jesus Christ. And we're going to start right here at his table this morning. We do this once a month. Sometimes I wish we did it every Sunday because when we come to this table, it reminds us of life. It reminds us of Jesus Christ. We remember Jesus Christ when we come to this table. And so I want you to prepare right now. I want you to think about what it, he has said, not what I've said. I've just said what I felt I needed to say, should say, really had to say. But prepare in your thoughts for just a minute of silence as we come to remember the life that is Jesus Christ.